Whatever. Here we go. That's two weeks of John. Okay. <laughs> We're just going to do everything backwards. <laughs> what is up, everybody? And welcome back to another episode of the Neon Belly Podcast. We are your hosts, Nate, John, Brandon, and boys. Today, we are going to recap this past Saturday's UFC Fight Night, which featured Brandon Allen's big win over Paul Craig. Then it's back. You've waited. We have one of Brandon's world famous facts. Don't care about your feelings, baby. Yeah. And finally, all the news and happenings in and around the world of mixed martial arts and more. But first, boys, how are we doing? Episode 159 of the Neon Belly podcast, or as some people are calling it, the number of counties in the state of Georgia episode of Mm. the Neon Belly podcast. Uh, but that's neither here nor there, boys. A beautiful day here um, in central Indiana. Um, some might say it's an afternoon delight. Yeah, for sure. Be a good time to play like frisbee golf or something. Frisbee I golf. I tried to tee you up there, John. I just didn't feel like singing. I was hoping you were going to go in. Yeah, I, here's the thing. Baby gonna hold a lot of times, I mean, how many times in our lives have I just not wanted to do it? Just today wasn't the day, Sky man. Sky rockets in blue. I thought I thought I was trying to tee that up. Sorry I was hoping he could get one. I'm lucky if I even get the song. He, he would have yeah. probably jumped in because I was hoping you were going to start. Then I would have jumped in. Then Brandon and maybe would, if you both were doing it, it would have yeah. been a whole like moment thing uh, that's just <laughs> never going to happen. Now. Dang it! No, it happens. Um, I literally thought that on the way home. I was like, I'm going to say afternoon delight and see if we just break into song. Oh wow! Well, see, really just tried. didn't work out though. Yeah. Um, Boys, I so glad to not be feeling how I did last <laughs> week. Uh, this episode hopefully will have a much better uh, tune and, and energy to it. You know, typically coming off of a pay per view, um, <clears throat> we would have been posting link or you know clips on social media and stuff. Let's just say that video is gone forever. <laughs> yeah, uh, there was not much to post in there. Um, not so much for content or like you know what was being said, but just the visuals of yeah. Me you would have to put like a sticker over your face. <laughs> it was not good. <laughs> yeah. uh, I watched like a little bit of it. Um, I texted John Sunday night, um, and I was like, man, I just I really don't remember much of the episode. Uh, just like bad. It was yeah. bad. And when you guys left, I mean, you talk about going downhill. Hundred degree temperature for twelve hours. Jeez. Um, dude, it was it. I I don't know if I told both of you or one of you, but. Easily top three sickest yeah, I've ever me. been yeah. in my life. Um, <clears throat> I've had pneumonia uh, really bad when I was young. Uh, that was would be up there. One time I had a blood disease uh, because they found feces in my blood. That's Jeez. a whole long story. Yeah, and I did not eat feces. I drank it. Um, that's a, that, That'll be a one for the people one day, yeah. maybe. Yeah. <laughs> uh, unknowingly drank it. Um through some dirty water uh so then that and then this time mm-hmm. all three of those top three easiest um don't know which one was worse but man i mean i've just it was rough yeah. so glad to be feeling better um and we're gonna have some fun today like i said hopefully a little bit better energy um than last week did not listen to last week's didn't even go back to it <laughs> didn't want to so again if you're new or don't know what i'm talking about just just forget about last yeah. week they're not <laughs> usually 50 minutes yeah. they're not usually yeah. uh, low energy but today we're going to bring it back because we have some great Ex- fights exactly and if you you know listen last week and you're like all right they did say you know this wouldn't be the best welcome this would yeah. be a little bit hopefully on our re-welcome yeah re-welcome <laughs> um and with that boys we got to get into this ufc fight night but before we do john rate sub follow let the people know well 
Well, we always ask you guys, uh, regardless of where you're listening to us, um, if it gives you an opportunity to give us five stars, whether that's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeart, whatever else you use, um, if you can give us a, a five star, that helps us out a ton. Apple Podcasts, you can leave us a review. That helps us out as well. Um, we read those on the podcast. It helps push us into people's algorithms. Helps us out a lot. Um, on social media, Neon Belly Podcast, that's Instagram, that's YouTube, that's TikTok, Neon Belly Pod on X. So come through and uh, have some fun with us. Absolutely, boys. Let's get into it. This past Saturday, UFC Fight Night and in our main event, Brendan Allen Allen defeats Paul Craig via third round rear naked choke. Um, excuse me, and make that four straight rear naked chokes uh, for all in Allen. What a performance, man, um, and win that this is for him. I know I told you guys last week, you know, sometimes when we get these, like, grappler versus grapplers, right, we talked about it, the cliche is that it usually plays out in the feet because it does. I guess that's not really a cliche. Like, mm-hmm. typically it just does. Um, but I said last week, I knew that these two weren't having any of that and that they were going to come in, they were going to grapple this thing out, and that's what we saw for the most part. Um, and I was um, – or excuse me, it was Allen, you know, who made the most of it and got the better of most of those exchanges. So dominant on top is mm-hmm. Brendan Allen. I mean, what a problem if he gets you on your back. Um, he's so patient, so good at using his pressure, ground and pound, everything. All of that is to set up what he wants. And I think he knows what he wants. And obviously, it's that rear naked choke. Um, and he'll just make life miserable for his opponents for as long as it takes before they eventually give it to him. Um, and that's now six straight wins for Allen. And man... I think, you know, we all saw Brendan Allen coming into this as having a high bar, but I'm genuinely starting to feel today, boys, like we're looking at a 2024, possibly 2025 title contender. Like that's kind of where I am with Brendan Allen today. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So especially after his little blurb in the end, right? Wanting that number one contender shot, like the ability to fight someone high up. Like, yeah, I think that the... When he gets the chance to fight somebody high up, like Paul Craig, like granted he wasn't ranked at this weight class, but he mm. came from 205. Like yeah. everyone knows Paul Craig. So a guy who's beaten, you know, title or champions in the past. So, I mean, fantastic win. And his ability for me that stood out was he gets a lot of those rear naked choke wins, but yeah. what stood out in this fight was his ability to get that that grip, that choke mm. from weird angles. Yes. Like he was in that kind of almost, Half, I think it was like th- three quarter guard yeah, almost. Yeah. yeah. There's just the slightest little turn from Paul. And then all of a sudden he's trying to lock up a strangle from there. But and, real quick. Cause the thing about that is if it's not Paul Craig, who is a phenomenal, you know, submission artist or jujitsu mm-hmm. player himself, yeah. he probably finishes that on a lot of guys. Yeah. hundred yeah. percent. So, so yeah, no, but yeah, like fantastic performance. And yeah, I, I, I'm so, so excited to see him fight somebody in the top three, top five. I want, I want to see it. Yeah. I want to see what he can do with those guys. Yeah, I, I kind of felt like it was how I figured um, things would go as far as having that edge with the striking, being able to like drop and rock Paul Craig with his strikes, which is still impressive. Obviously, Paul Craig isn't the most prolific striker, yeah, but he's taken punches from 205ers and not necessarily been yeah. uh, done like that. And then not only is it the f- the finish ability crazy, it's just how quick the, yeah. the window was like one second yeah. as soon as as soon as his hands wasn't there, and then even his discipline in, in Paul Craig's guard, which we all know is very yeah. very dangerous. Um, <laughs> really like discipline but didn't seem to have much respect for it either uh-uh. which like fair play to you how many like, how many <laughs> fighters in the ufc you think paul craig could have both of your wrists in your guard yeah. it's not going to be a triangle well, immediately. I mean, yeah and you know like and even in our small jujitsu world right like you hear like anybody that's teaching a class saying especially when we're doing guard stuff respect the belt line right and especially for people that are really good at throwing up triangles and arm bars which paul craig is very mm-hmm. good at 
Brennan Allen just had no respect. I mean, he <laughs> his arms were over the shoulder, like Paul Craig's shoulders, and he's laying in elbows. He was Kano burning him a lot Kano, of times. Yeah. And I think, you know, we talk about how, you know, in jiu-jitsu, you know, weighing on that neck, kind of like fatiguing people helps you out. And then obviously as somebody who's going to go for the neck in a rear naked, that's just a super smart yeah. strategy on his part. Yeah. Um, I mean, he was even leaving his uh, arms like down in the hip where Paul Craig would do that kind of shotgun arm bar. Yeah. He was just kind of popping yeah. it out and landing ground and pound like – even the takedowns as well like this guy's just showing like he needs a big name opponent because yeah. what he brings as far as a skill set is super scary when i think you hit a point too with some guys where it's like what they do in the cage is impressive right and you're like okay this guy's got some skill definitely on this level whatever but for me sometimes when i'm looking at somebody coming off a big fight and i'm like this guy's ready right like for what we're all saying the next big step Sometimes it's a belief that these guys carry into the mm -hmm. cage and like just almost like this, like a comfortability being in these spots and, and, and just a confidence, right, that you don't always see from everybody. And man, Brendan Allen, I mean, you want to talk about that guy, you can tell literally feels mm -hmm. he is the best in the world. And, and I know every fighter says that, like, I feel like I'm the best in the world. I can compete with it. But like when he says it, there's just something at least that maybe translate, maybe it's just me, but I believe the guy. Like yeah. <laughs> he knows that he's tapped into something and on a level that not a lot of these guys are. And especially here in this weight class and just really excited um, to see where this goes. I said three quarter guard. I think I meant quarter mount. I I, I thought I it was almost like a kind of a three quarter guard, like maybe yeah. like almost like half guard is where it seemed to me because yeah. it was a position where I'm like you won't get a rear naked choke there, and then weird. he's locking it, it on. Crazy. I'd yeah. have to go back and look, but yeah, it was an it was an unorthodox position to get it. And this guy's been. I mean, we've seen him train at B team. Yeah. Jamal Hill's in his corner. Like he's surrounded by yeah Joe Pfeiffer, so yeah. much um, talent, and yeah. for them to believe in him as people who have to kind of obviously yeah. play that role of I feel like I'm the baddest. Like to be able sure. to like you know lend themselves to him just also shows his capabilities still love that hat man i'm telling you what brendan <laughs> allen walks out in that hat i'm betting on him it give anybody give it's the opposite it. of uh blahovich <laughs> with the colored ankle wraps oh uh, yeah dude i'll just never forget i can't remember what brendan allen fight it was it was two or three fights ago and i picked against him and i was like as soon as i saw him walk out in that hat i text you guys i'm like i want to change my pick <laughs> that hat he's gonna win <laughs> i think he hasn't lost since um as we all mentioned there you know kind of what's next right he said he's willing to fight anybody wants that number one contender fight even calling out hamza shimaev um which nobody's doing so credit to him there um but another option <clears throat> and maybe one that i see is like a little bit more realistic that i'd like to float out there um is brendan allen versus roman dolidze you know if you remember dolidze is without an opponent right now because he was supposed to face jared cannonier oh what in the news oh really yeah okay so i didn't know that well forget that one um <laughs> yeah so i guess we'll just move on from there but i, mean, I like jack hermanson i think is jack ranked above him he's ranked number nine yeah i think he's got to go higher than jack i mean i really really think paulo costa doesn't have anybody currently obviously See, that would be a good one i i think he deserves somebody maybe marvin vittori yeah i mean just somebody on that like level i think is more I don't know, like a Robert Whitaker. That might be a step too big. I mean, mm -hmm. I mean that's definitely number one contender match right. if he wins that. That's what he wants. So I guess you know he is looking for something on that level. Um, but yeah, like Apollo Costa, maybe Vittori. That would be. I, I could see either of those. Um, 
And those guys need a fight against the up-and-comer to kind of keep themselves up there as well. Yeah, Absolutely. And I will say as well, I do want to mention Paul Craig. I still love Paul Craig at 185. Um, and credit to him also has to be said for making that weight twice this year, dropping 20 pounds, you know, from light heavyweight to, to middleweight to 20-pound weight difference. Mm-hmm. So credit to him for now making that twice. He looks great. Um, I still think there's a lot of really good matchups for him at this weight. Allen was just always going to be a tough one. You know, for for Paul Craig, because I will say as well, just like I said, you know, with that rear naked choke, how a lot of guys, you know, Brendan Allen finishes there if it wasn't Paul Craig. There's a lot of things that Paul Craig did, you know, especially that calf slicer, right, where Brendan Allen defended that so well, even admitting after the fight that he felt his ankle and knee popping in that position. A lot of guys don't get out of that. Right. You know, so I still think there's a lot of potential here for Paul Craig at 185. Um, and I just hope, so I do hope that the middleweight division is something that he can continue to build on. Mm-hmm. I hope he's, you know, comfortable making that weight because he looks great. I mean, mm-hmm. he looks great. I told you guys, um, I think it was during weigh-ins, mm-hmm. I thought Paul Craig looked better on the scales yeah. than Brendan Allen. Mm-hmm. Um, so still don't think it's like panic button for Paul Craig. You know, we see guys experiment with weight classes and then they lose – and it's like, well, now what? I can't compete. You know, am I a man without a division? Mm-hmm. You know, we hear that a lot. Um, we see that, especially between 55 and 70. I don't think that's Paul Craig. I still think he can compete. Mm-hmm. It's just, this was a grappler, grappler. It was always, like I said, it's kind of like when you get two strikers, big, two big heavyweight, like Aspinall, Pavlovich. Like, when they start swinging leather, anybody, same thing with these guys, right? Mm-hmm. When two guys this, you know, as good as they are in the submission game, start slapping stuff on and scrambling and rolling around, anybody can get caught. Yeah. So I do think Paul Craig definitely needs to to find some better striking defense. If you're not going to add striking, yeah. you just can't have your hands down because sure. as good as he is at scrambling and being on the ground, when you're rocked, that stuff becomes a lot more difficult as well. So yeah. would love to see him get into a camp where he could add on to that well, i think even the jujitsu though like for me this if, if anything is almost like a blueprint of how to beat paul craig like mm. if he the jujitsu is fantastic but how much easier would it be if he was on top right yeah mm-hmm. and i just to me it seems like he's kind of running into the cron gracie mckenzie dern problem where he's got such a skill down there but if he can't get it into his wheelhouse and his own method it's it's not going to go great in the future but no i couldn't agree more in our co-main event boys michael morales defeats jake Matthews via unanimous decision and another pretty flawless performance for the 24 year old here uh the speed and jab just made it really tough for Mm -hmm. Jake Matthews to get into range here and even when Jake Matthews tried to kind of blitz forward to get something going right Morales was landing those big inside leg kicks several of them knocking Matthews off the off of his feet um I will say, though, because I think, you know, I don't want to go, you know, I'm obviously a big fan of this guy. I've made that pretty clear. So I don't want to, like, go too far into, like, that, like, where we're just going to act like there's not some flaws there, right? Because I still worry a lot about the striking defense. I said it last week, and I think we saw it again here, is the chin does still stay a little too high at times, especially when he's getting into these exchanges. Um, But it's so hard to be critical even then when he's eating them. I mean, Mm -hmm. he ate some big shots from Jake Matthews, man. Um, But I do fear, you know, with a more efficient, striker it could get him into some trouble you know mm-hmm. especially moving forward but man just um you know other than that it's just kind of hard to find things so to pick apart here with this kid who is just breezing through his ufc run so far yeah the commentators talked about it as well like the the first time he got clipped by jake like he ends up hitting one back on jake yeah. and there was such a difference in terms of the reactions yeah um, right like he he didn't even budge but then you see jake kind of fly back a little yeah. bit off the hit so yeah i mean it's it's a question of is is it just the case that Jake isn't as heavy of a hitter or you no, know, can this guy just, is. or, or can, yeah, like, yeah. or can, is he just able to eat 
you know, all this. I mean, eventually that goes, like, with time, the chain ends up going, but yeah. for now, man, like, it's going to be holding up for a while. Yeah, I mean, just seemed to breeze, like, seems cardio, it was not an mm -hmm. issue. I mean, mm -hmm. they were even joking how he wasn't sweating at all, barely at all. I mean, no, I just think he's a really high-level talent, stays in great shape. Very relaxed. Like, he yeah. looked incredibly calm that yeah. entire fight. Yeah, I like, and you can almost tell, like, I feel like when he feels himself getting too tense instead of staying tense, you know, we saw Shake him, he shakes it out, resets, shakes mm -hmm. it out, like, that type of awareness to me in the in the cage, like that just shows that IQ of like, all right, I'm getting a little too tense here and like visibly is shaking it out. Mm -hmm. like, and that probably happens crazy. in training, right? Where sure. you're, you're getting caught and your coach is like, you know why you got caught is because you stood stagnant. Yeah. You weren't. So he's like seeing himself doing that. Like, all right, no, I got to yeah. get out of this. Yeah. Um, I, I seen some people kind of criticizing him not having as much power for as much as he oh, was landing. Yeah. But first of all, Jake Matthews tough. is tough. Yeah. That's, you can't be critical there. And I thought that Morales at one point, like in the third, third round i thought he was just trying to like set him up for big shots yeah. like he was he was kind of so free and so loose that he was doing things like um even in the second round a little bit too but just kind of starting approaching him with his head low mm -hmm. swinging it around um one thing i saw him doing the second round that i thought was going to end up paying off but jake matthews stayed patient was he would lean forward and put his hands like on his shoulder and then pull him back to kind of get um, to get Jake Matthews to run into him, to run into that yeah. check. Because he was like switching from orthodox to southpaw to throw that right hook over yeah. as he was coming in. Well, that's what was getting him, and that's what got him kicked in the nuts, too, because he did yeah. that switch and it kind of opened his hips up, which mm -hmm. got, yeah, landed him big. But that low inside kick that he was doing as Matthews was coming forward was just nasty. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It was thudding, and a lot of times, obviously, it completely stopped him in his track. And Dro like dropped him two or three yeah. times. Yeah. Right? And you'd mentioned the jab, like the yeah, way he's able so to just kind of sit there and just, whoo. Yeah. He's um he's definitely um gonna be a problem for a lot of people. Yeah, and as and as far as like who's next, I I actually don't want to see Morales move in a top fifteen opposition quite yet. You know, usually in these spots, co-main event, a prospect like this, sixteen and zero now. You know, you'd be like, okay, yeah, maybe we start looking top. I don't want to. I don't think he's there yet. Mm -hmm. I still think he needs a little bit more time. Um, and maybe you guys disagree with that. I don't know, <clears throat> but I thought you know, I was thinking really hard. Like, okay. Who would I like to see him fight next in this, you know, welterweight division? Um, and the guy that I landed on, it kind of ticks all the boxes on what I think Morales kind of needs. And I would like to see next for him. And that is a veteran coming in off a win who um, will test him very well-rounded, test him in all aspects of mixed martial arts, and has a decent name as well. And that is Gunnar Nelson. Mm. Um, I think it makes a ton of sense. And again, just kind of ticks all those boxes of what I think we need to see from Morales before we know for sure mm -hmm. you take him into maybe some top 15. You beat a guy like Gunnar Nelson, you know, you're probably ready for some top 15. You talk about the amount of relax in the cage. Yeah. <laughs> Both of them would just kind of just be. Yeah. No, I love that. I think the um, it would really test um, because obviously Gunnar Nelson is very um, experienced and in a, in a really big camp. So it would test Michael and yeah. it'd give him somebody who he can't maybe take as many chances on with his head down. But I do want to say, I thought that as much as he did eat some some shots, I thought he also did a really good job of kind of rolling and staying back yeah. a little bit, um, especially just being able to move his feet right out of range, especially in those early rounds. Yeah, if he's, like, absorbing pressure, he is pretty good at, you know, it's just when he's going forward a lot, he 
he does leave that chin up, man. He mm-hmm. got cracked a couple times for it. Um, worries me. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not mad at that matchup either. I think even looking at his last two opponents, though, you've, you've got this one here with Matthews, and then you've got the one before that, which was Max Griffith, right? Yeah. Um, both very you know veterans, been around for a long time, yeah. and he's got 16 fights under his belt. So yeah, to me, it's, it's crazy. just it's weird to think about that. Yeah, like it's crazy, and, and wanting to see him get more fights, right? And then you think back to like a Weidman who had I think 13 yeah. fights prior to finding Silva, yeah. right? Um, so I don't know. That's just an interesting one like I, I think if he did let's say he gets gunner and he goes gets past him definitely got to start throwing him in there because no, he's 24 yeah. but yeah. yeah 16 and 0 at 24 is different it's like kind of a max holloway thing right like yeah we forget that that guy's only what 31 yeah like mm-hmm. but he's got a lot of time under his belt yeah no, I, another one i was kind of like uh, take most of the boxes was like Santiago Ponzinibbio. Um, but Pons is coming off of a loss. So I'm like, you really, it'd be really tough to give this kid who's 16 and 0 and just breezing through everybody so far. A guy's mm-hmm. coming off a loss. Um, Gunnar Nelson is just kind of right there. And like I said, it'd be, if he gets the win, it'd be a good name for him. Yeah. And Gunnar needs to kind of get back into the swing of things. If yeah, he's he only fought once this year. So definitely needs that. Uh, last fight we are going to preview boys is Chase Hooper defeats King of the Nerds, baby. Jordan Levitt via first round rear naked choke. Uh, just another phenomenal grappling match that took, just so happened to take place in mixed martial arts under the rule set, right? Uh, <laughs> Combat jujitsu. And I, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, well, I don't, yeah, and I don't, you know, not to be negative, but, you know, I have seen combat jujitsu matches that have more violence and striking than this one did, um, and more damage occurred from strikes, right? Um, but I love this fight. Like I said, I don't say that in a negative way. Very high-level chess match between these two with some really fun transitions and scrambles. Um, and Chase just got the better of Levitt, you know, kind of like we said for the main event there. It's like when you start just throwing stuff up, man, anybody can get caught and land in these positions. Um, but good for Hooper, man. He's now 2-0 and since moving up to lightweight. And Jordan Levitt's a formidable opponent, man. He's been in there mm-hmm. with some real guys, right? Um, so for Chase to go out and find an early finish, man, that's just really awesome for him because yeah. uh, you know, he's one that we've obviously talked a lot about, about, you know, I don't know if he's just kind of on this level yeah. or, you Aspen's know, whatever. Gotta be proud. I was, I was doing some MMA math when we, after he won, and I think didn't Patty beat him in the second round? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and Chase Beam in the first. I'm like, hey, I mean, so you know. You, so you heard it here. Brandon wants Chase Hooper versus Patty Pimlet. Patty's got to get through Tony. We'll see what happens there. But if, if he gets through him, yeah, yeah. I, I don't I don't mind that matchup, I suppose. I like the uh, the golfer, Hooper, just to go in and immediately start striking. As soon as yeah. he goes right in landing the punch, because yeah. I think he knows where his um, where he wants it to be, obviously. And then <laughs> even getting into that leg entanglement and even yeah. to come out on the out. I mean, we talk about it. Uh, when we do our jujitsu stuff, where it's like in MMA, you know, maybe don't do these because guys can kind of end up on top of you, and yeah. that's kind of how it ended up for him. And yeah, there was one moment where he was going for that double. Uh, he had his legs up; it was just like a little double ankle sweep. Um, mm. I can't think of the name of it, but he got rocked. Like there was one moment there where Levitt cracked him. Um, yeah, where he was going for that sweep, but other than that, yeah, I, I think he just looks so much better, so much more filled out, more physically imposing mm. at fifty-five. Like this is definitely his division, and there's still like not to be funny, but there's still room for him to grow. <laughs> physically into <laughs> yeah. it as well I think a little bit as well so yeah good for Chase Hooper man I know again you know you got to talk about what you see and we've always kind of questioned like if he's ready for this level but that doesn't mean you don't root for a guy like Chase Hooper all the time to go in there you just can't help it he's just got that infectiousness about him that you yeah. gotta you gotta love the guy um well I, and that kind of just real quick that kind of goes back to like how impressive what Michael Morales is doing because they're the same age so crazy, man. you know. Similar, not. I mean, Hooper has a, a couple more fights than him, well, but and but Morales is a big, pretty big yeah. welterweight too, which has helped. It's that's helped. And I think that's what killed Chase for so long is 
sucking himself down, maybe just physically not filling himself out just to make featherweight. And mm-hmm. it's just like, well, I think there's also another, you know, kind of mm-hmm. talk about like John Jones when he first started, when you have that level of athleticism and just overall, like yeah. speed, strength, like all that stuff already, you can kind of lack in some certain areas or kind of grow. Whereas with Hooper at being a specialist is kind of tough when you're in a division with guys who have other skills yeah. as well. I do want to mention real quick to a notable UFC debut, debut winner, which was Mick Beck oral by, uh, who defeated, Defeated Euros Medic by uh, neck crank in round two, and Oral by is someone who um, MMA fans kind of in the know have wanted to see him in the UFC now for a while, um, and he got his chance here on a one week notice to make his UFC debut against a very tough challenge for his first fight with Medic. Yeah, he did. Um, who Medic though would have been a first tough fight for anybody, even if uh, Oral by had a, a full camp. So yeah, you know Medic has a pretty good resume. Came in on two straight wins. Um, um, but he was, you know, very much dominated by Oral by in this one, you know, and given the last minute nature of the fight, you know, it took place at 170, but Oral by said he's moving back down to 155, man. And he is a big problem for that division. He's primarily a, a grappler, uh, but his striking has just been the one thing that's kind of come along as lately. He went viral for that big uppercut finish uh, mm-hmm. in LFA, which kind of put him on people's radar. That's kind of when people started saying like, this guy needs to get to the UFC. Um, and I'm excited to see him at 155. Um, you you know, and see where he can take this. And credit to, you know, Uriah Faber and Team Alpha Male who really are taking Oral by's game to that kind of next level, I think, and, and just really making him a well-rounded fighter. Man, on X, they were cracking me up with him. They were calling him, like, the first part of the first humans and yeah. saying he doesn't even know what the internet well, is. You say so. that, but how crazy is it that him and Valentina are from the same country? <laughs> right. Like, those two people couldn't look more different from each other, and they're from the same region. <laughs> like, yeah. That's just so crazy. But, dude, Kyrgyzstan, stand up, man. They don't get many, but when they get them, they get them right. You know? Right. <laughs> so, uh, any other, re- uh, you know, Peyton Talbot over Nick Aguirre. Um, Peyton Talbot, man, coming in off Dana White's Contender Series. Another kid, like 25 years old. He's now 6-0. and um, I was looking Peyton up, you know, coming into this fight a little bit more. He was like... Went five and zero as an amateur, um, and then now he is here six and zero as a pro. And like in his second or third professional bout, was fighting for a bantamweight title and like retained it and all that mm-hmm. stuff. Now he's here. It's like, you know, we talked about it a couple weeks. You know how fast some of these young guys are coming up. And uh, credit to Peyton Talbot, Amanda Hebos with a Ooh, great knockout too. She looked good. She looked really good. Um, Jose Johnson. So here's, <laughs> this is the funny thing about Jose John. We've never talked about no. this on the pod. So I, I was actually uh, t- t- telling Jacob about it. We were playing the game last night. I was telling him the story about Jose Johnson. So our boy Damien Dino spoke. He's been on the podcast several times. Uh, this has been years ago, was actually supposed to go up to Michigan and fight Jose in an amateur title fight. Mm-hmm. It was a bantamweight title yeah. fight. Um, and... Uh, but Michigan, it wasn't sanctioned. Michigan wasn't saying yeah, they allowed elbows and stuff yeah, as amateurs. And, but there was like no blood work done. Yeah. And like it was just kind of like I don't know if you should do that. And, but then like Jose, I think started messaging Jake or uh, excuse me, Damien, like kind of trying to talk smack and get Damien to fight him. And so Damien's like, dude, I want to fight him. And I'll be honest with you, and I and I said this to Jacob last night is you watch the video of Jose and we were like, bro, you're going to kill this guy. Like maybe you do mm-hmm. just go up there and take this kid's belt. Like, you know what I mean? Like not that great. And Damien, you like just levels above this kid at the time. But I was telling Jacob somewhere along the line, like <laughs> haven't looked into Jose Johnson, you know, obviously he's been in the UFC now for a couple fights, but got really good. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. It's just crazy when you see guys that 
you, you kind of hear about all the time, like maybe you don't have the greatest amateur records or resumes, mm -hmm. but, um, and not that Jose didn't, but, um, it was just kind of like, yeah, just not, I don't really see yeah, this He was guy. like number one in Michigan at the time. So yeah. it, it definitely had its thing. We didn't talk. I remember his debut. He got caught in that twister. Yeah. In the UFC, so that's why he's kind of like, oh, yeah. well, well, we maybe never, we don't tell the story. And, well, but what, so what I was getting at though, and this is like a shout out to our boy Damien is, uh, the commentators cannot believe that Jose is six foot, 135 pounds. And let me tell you guys that our boy Damien Dino Swoke is like six two, one twenty five. 125. Like, yeah. yeah. Walks around, <laughs> walks around at like 140 on the nose. So just, yeah. Never mind. <laughs> Thought we had one with him, man. Uh, yeah. So I don't know. I'm looking through the card. That's, that's kind of about all this. Did you see that stuff me. about that alien Perez? Got attacked backstage. She, or she got said she got assaulted. She, before she got ass assaulted at the PI. Yeah, but what? I didn't, and she said she didn't remember who it was. It seemed very weird. It kind of sounds like she was accusing like her opponent or a training partner of her opponent yeah. trying to get her out the fight or something. I don't know. I don't know. I, I didn't yeah. wins the fight and then starts twerking on the cage. Yeah. It's it was she a weird. called out Norma Dumont for a battle of the dump. Trucks yeah, <laughs> best butt. And then the fight before that, you have the no contest on the weird choke situation. Yeah. So, Absolutely. Weird start, but great ending. Brandon, update us on our scores. Okay, so that was a rough night for me. Um, oh, no. Did you join took, it? Took some chances. No, I got a point. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I took Craig. If, if there's a guy you're going to take on, like, chances to just throw something up and get something, Paul Craig's the guy. I mean, Fair come enough. on. Um, so current standings, Nate, you have 93. I have 86. John has 84. So gonna crack it up. Oh, yeah. Mm. Oh, boy. John had a good week last yeah. week. A so. good night this week, too. I got... Allen by sub. I don't I, know if I got the round right, and then I got Michael I, by decision. I loved my. I, I got said three that for the decision. Yeah. Yeah, I, I. That was my pick last week. I loved that fight by decision. Either way, I thought it was yeah. going to go all three because both guys just really tough. Yeah, you so. were one away from six. If you would have got the round. Mm. Yeah. Alrighty, boys. It's been a while since I've gotten to press <laughs> this button on the mixer. I literally before you guys in, I took a dust blaster, kerosene, and had to dust it <laughs> off. So we're gonna play it right now. Let's get into it, Brandon. Without further ado. Facts don't care about your feelings with the Neon Belly Podcast. Oh, yeah. Hold on. I thought this was my segment. With your host, Brandon. That's my point. I know MMA. What I'm saying is it's overhyped. It's overrated. He doesn't give a damn about your feelings. You're reacting on feelings. I'm reacting on facts. Anderson Silva is one of the most overrated fighters of all time. Brandon's world famous facts don't care about your feelings with the Neon Belly Podcast. I'm going to take some words from Ben Shapiro here. Facts don't care about your feelings. Never mm. get told. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't, almost forgot. I think ten, <laughs> 10 years from now, you, we, you know, we, if we're still doing this thing, I don't think you'll ever have like a button like no. that, will, that will surpass Look, that. Dude, if, I, I mean, if, you, you probably haven't done one in almost a year. Has it been a year? Yeah, and it's still on the soundboard. I have an extended soundboard, soundboard on my cell phone mm. that I could have easily have taken that off, mm -hmm. added another. It's not going anywhere. Yeah, and nudes not took its place. None <laughs> yeah. of that. Yeah. Well, it's been a long year, boys, but we're here. We are okay. here. Okay. So, I'll say this. Maybe it hasn't been a year, but this is definitely your first one. Yeah, I know it's been the first one in a while. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Um, okay. So, and I've got more. I spent, like, I try to not have just one. Like, that's, that's why it's sure. taken a while. I try to have a few lined up. So, okay. So, this one's kind of a two-parter. So, the first kind of part, this is the smaller part to the to the segment here, is the interim title. Okay. So, we've discussed this. I think we all, three of us at least, kind of agree that it's kind of somewhat pointless. We kind of see the point to it, but we're always kind of left scratching our head with, like, you know, why do we really have this? Why not just have a number one contender spot, whatever. Sure. But my contention with, with the interim belt on the first hand is 
let's change the color of it. Mm. Let's make it like either silver or bronze. Let's give it some sort of distinguishing element to it to separate it from the title, like the, the championship belt, like the uh, the undisputed one, I guess you would call sure. it, like the main one. But let's get let's something on it like to distinguish it visibly, physically from the main one. That's that's my first one, okay. my first mm-hmm. little point. DC would disagree with you so much right now. I don't, I don't, I don't know. So, why. like this past week, Henry Cejudo uh, kind of called out Tom Aspinall for celebrating the way that he did for winning an interim title. I saw that. And uh, DC's rebuttal was like, "It doesn't matter. They still wrap twelve pounds of gold around his waist. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe what you're suggesting is it make it sterling silver. That shouldn't be. Shouldn't <laughs> yeah, definitely it. shouldn't be. Gold shouldn't plated. be the. Here's the thing. If it's the equivalent, if it's the exact same thing as, sure. as the main one, then yeah, like what, like. What are we doing? You right. don't have two championships. There's a reason you call it the interim. Now yeah. we can debate, mm-hmm. I guess, what that means, but it's clearly different. So I think we need to make the belt different. What about a trophy? How about just like go back mm. to the old like six foot pride trophy? Yeah, I don't, I don't like that at all. You don't all. like the trophy like, idea? No, I feel like that's terrible. Like, like a big medal, maybe? Yeah, no, like, ra- like wrap a wreath around their neck, like no. in horse well, racing. Well, I have another suggestion. I just looked at it up there. A money in the case, <laughs> money in the bank briefcase. You can cash it in, baby. I mean, yeah, that's a tough one, man. I, I, because like I don't I don't disagree. I, I have a very weird like I feel like in terms of the interim talk as well, which I don't know if that's where you're gonna go further down the interim road. Mm. Um, so maybe I don't go down that, but it's like I'm not crazy about the idea of interim in general. Right. Yeah. Um mm-hmm. so I don't wanna keep going because I don't know where you're going. Kind of. I guess uh just to ask this is do you also have that same feeling toward like participation trophies and stuff? Like you don't. They're want stupid. Okay. That's dumb. Yeah. I, I kind of just. I kind of. As you were saying, I was like, oh, that means he probably yeah. hates all types of little like superficial, not official. Do you like them? No, not necessarily. Okay. So where so, do you stand on like BMF? Because the BMF belt's not gold. Worth noting that. Right. I think yeah. It's like kind of like black. a silver. Black I like it. I like it. I like it. It's it's its own thing. I like yeah. that. Now I don't necessarily. I mean, I think we could change up how the belt looks. I yeah. guess. But like, I like that it looks clearly different right yeah that's what it is it's completely different from what from any other belt so the interim is go ahead so like i'm going off subject here but i remember i'm old enough i've been watching this sport for so long um i'm gonna age myself that i remember a time where european mixed martial arts was just not what it is today Mm -hmm. um you know you could argue um europe's past america in some sense in terms of talent right Mm -hmm. um go through the divisions i'm sure Mm -hmm. there's more non-american champions right now than there is american um, there it was so bad at one point that a lot of especially European media were trying to convince Dana to make a European champion mm-hmm. just so they could have a guy <laughs> with a belt because there was just there was just no way anybody was going to be you know Anderson Silva or you know GSP yeah. or you know BJ Penn or Sean Shirt you know whoever right um so I don't know that was just kind of it just it just made me think about that because I've always thought like. I, obviously, I, we always talk about it, but being a wrestling kid, I love the belts. I love mm-hmm. the gaudy, United, the cliche. United States champion. Yeah, that kind of like thing. the the the, uh, the old belts. Yeah, the intercontinental Some of these champion. New ones are a yeah, weird. not I, mean, I don't. Yeah, not current. Yeah, I'm talking like old school, like you know, hardcore belt and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But that's why I don't hate the BMF title. Cause yeah, I, got, I can get behind it a little bit. The idea of it, anyways. I like it better if it gets defended. Okay, like I like it better yeah. if Gage defends the BMF. And I think belt. it should be. Mm-hmm. And then I think what would be fun is if there is literally just one so you don't do one in every weight class but then like Gaethje has to go up to 70 and fight somebody at 70 mm, to give that that's how you prove you're the baddest then at 70 then you gotta go up to like so that way well, then it's never gonna move. come back down 
I guess if you can go down a weight yeah, class, supposedly, yeah. Yeah, yeah it could eventually. But yeah. I just yeah, once you hit the top, you got to start <laughs> bringing them back down. Okay, so not for gold titles. What about this real quick? For interim. All right. What if you do the interim belt and the person who has the belt take off half of it since they have to unify <laughs> it? So you're walking around with a belt that just has half a face on it. <laughs> just saying. Okay. Would so, you suggest a different design altogether? I mean, I don't have, I'm not a, the most creative person in the world, but I wouldn't be mad at that either. Sure. No, I think that would be okay. It's yeah. just this emoji. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I just put my face on it. Yeah. Um, okay. So the next part to that is again, we don't, we're not all three of the biggest fans of the interim titles in general. So I think looking at the heavyweight division right now, we kind of had that question last week of like, what now, what, right? Like, cause Jones is injured. How are we going to follow this up? Yeah. So I think this, I think the solution, how I think this should play out now, now that I've kind of sat on it, I kind of heard Aspinall talk about it. I agree with him a lot, actually. I think you either. Dana pushes Jones to vacate the belt, just like Jamal Hill, just like Yuri did, or you just strip him because Jones is used to that. And then after the, after the belt's gone, then we have him fight. We have Aspinall fight uh, Stipe because Stipe hasn't fought in however many years it's been, and he hasn't won in a number of years either. So you have them fight. Essentially, I would expect Aspinall to win. Then you give the fight to Jones once he returns to whoever the winner of Stipe Aspinall is, I'm assuming Aspinall, and you kill two burns with one stone. So the problem, I think, is with that is I don't think Dana White or the UFC want to strip John Jones. I think they want John Jones to still be, even if the Aspinall fight happens. I, I think we're sitting here today in general consensus consensus among fans is nobody wants to see John Jones versus Stipe Miocic. Mm. Nobody. Mm -hmm. I, I literally am seeing nobody campaigning to still see that fight. Actually, quite the opposite. Everybody is campaigning for now Aspinall Jones mm -hmm. when Jones is healthy. Maybe we see it. I don't think that's going to be the case. It seems like Dana White and Stipe Miocic and the UFC have a very good relationship right now. Mm. And I think they're very much going to get this fight over the line with Jones mm -hmm. and Miocic, even if fans don't want it. And I, we we know one thing. Go ahead. You're saying that's on more on like Stipe's end if he doesn't want the Aspinall, he wants Jones. Is that what you're saying? It could be the other way too. What do you mean? It could be Jones only wants Stipe because it's a legacy. I, fight, I think so they only want each other. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think they only want each other, and I don't think the UFC is going to get in the way of that. Is the problem? <laughs> yeah, I think and, they should. And I think even if Aspinall is were to be next. Um, there's no way going into that fight you wouldn't want John Jones to be the undisputed heavyweight champion. So they won't strip him. Um, the only way I think they would strip John Jones is if he refuses to come back and fight Tom Aspinall or refuses to come back on a timeline that they want him to and then makes the UFC mad. And they're like, well, fine, we'll take the belt. Um, but I, I think coming into it, there's no way you don't make John Jones the undisputed well, champion. I think that's why if you could push Jones to vacate it, you could have Jones do a little video like the, just like Jamal or Yuri and these guys yes. like, all right, here, you know, keep my belt warm for me, and then when I get back, I'll take care of whoever's got it and I'll get it back. Like I think that. I think the problem is, is it's John Jones. Yeah, that's the. Yeah, I think that's I think you insert almost any other fighter, and they, the UFC probably pushes them to do more yeah. of that because they know title fights are how they make their money. It's how they sell their pay per views. But for John Jones, not only because of who John Jones is, yes. but even like well, the, it is because of who. John but, well, Jones I'm just saying, but even with like this, the Ngannou narratives and all these other yeah. things to get at him to retire, beating Stipe as the champion, that's their gold moment, and I don't think they take that away. Even if, like, I agree with you. I do think that, you know, if it, because if it is something like John Jones is saying, I will only fight Stipe, that is kind of like saying that you won't fight your content. But, but guys, you got to remember the fight's signed. 
like Stipe versus John Jones is already signed. Like it's an official fight. Well, but it doesn't I, have a like date yet. Yeah, but, but, like but, but I'm just be. saying, like it's yeah. it's already been signed. So yeah. you know we can't. I know we can sit here and like Monday morning quarterback this thing because we are where we are today. Right. But that doesn't change that like. At one point, you know, six to eight months ago, we this fight made a lot of sense. It was like, okay, cool, yeah, we're gonna do this. I mean, it's already yeah. That was before Jones was out for an injury for sure. eight months, and right? And I and I, right, and I understand that's what I'm saying. Like, I know we are here today, and it sucks, but this is a fight that's already on the books, mm-hmm. sent to happen. I also Contracts feel like, have already been signed, yeah. and that doesn't mean they can't undo it. Like, we right. know they can do what they want, but I'm just saying, like, at the end of the day, it's not like this was just an idea or like this. Right. This is what was should have happened. It's like no, this was. This this is already a thing. I think the only thing that would make me feel better about it not happening the way I'm saying is if Jones was adamant that he's not done after he fights Stipe. Because to me, if you push and you just want that fight to happen, what are we doing? We're literally holding the division up. But for, but, but, mm-hmm. but I think that goes back to even the interim title argument of like, why do that? Yeah. Why yeah, did they do idea. that from the beginning? Don't like, disagree. It just made no Honestly, no sense. The only thing about the interim title that makes sense is that being the number one contender we know now doesn't guarantee you a title shot all the time. They can make different decisions. Interim, you almost have to unify because you don't really want that guy defending it. Which is why I put a lot of blame on the UFC that we're even in this situation and like the doubt that you're having and and everybody has over not wanting to see Stipe and Jones. It's like, what did you guys expect to happen? Mm. You you had this ceremonial thing where you wrap 12 pounds of gold around a guy's waist who did it in a very impressive emotional inspiring like he's got the fans right now mm-hmm. you know and it's like um you you created this problem in a sense for yourself yeah. now it is the ufc again they don't care <laughs> like we, well i, we I know, think that's but, what the they kind of made their own bed with yes. catering to john jones right. and, and setting this up for stipe as well so but at the end of the day it is john jones and, right. and i think that's very important because like okay let, let, let's go through this like outside of uh, Connor, who we know is coming back. Um, who are the UFC's biggest pay-per-view stars, do you think? I mean, we don't have the numbers in front of us. We could have done, you know, been prepared and actually had those written out. But, like, in terms of numbers, I don't know. But I would assume Izzy's one. Mm, Alex? Uh, I don't. I bet not. Izzy's not coming back till 2027, so you don't have him. <laughs> Connor's out. Mm-hmm. Or, or coming back next year, probably Islam's getting up there. Islam's probably a big, big Bolt's one for him. But there. but we know Islam maybe fights once, yeah. twice a year. You'd like to say O'Malley, but you just haven't seen enough as him being the top guy yet. Right, which is the same thing with Alex. Like you know, we we haven't seen Alex main event a pay per view. I don't think outside of having Izzy attached to it, who's already a big pay per view star himself. Mm-hmm. Um, but well, I, the last card. Was he the main event? Yeah, because yeah. it was for the yeah, title, the main title. Dude, see, I feel like my yeah, I forgot you were. <laughs> uh, he was in Bangkok that week. Yeah, yeah, that was a tough one. But even that card, if you remember, was supposed to be headlined yeah. by John. No, Jones for versus, sure, and that wasn't supposed to be um, the main event. So I think again, it's like when you're talking about it, it's like. I think the UFC is still very much in a place where they need a John Jones. They need pay per view. They need guys to sell pay per views and. Again, I understand hardcores. We're more tapped into like the hardcore of the mm-hmm. MMA community where like we understand that Aspinall and Jones is the better fight. Yeah. But I think in terms of like what's the bigger name, more people casually in terms mm-hmm. of like the broader audience know Stipe Miocic. There's not probably many casual fans that maybe know Tom Aspinall. And when I say casual, I mean, you know, people that maybe watch two to three pay-per-views a year. They watch the big ones, you know. But if they hear John Jones versus Stipe, I remember Stipe, he beat, you know, Francis. You know, it's like, so Mm. I I think there is still pay-per-views to sell there in terms of... 
let me let me put it this way if, if you if we could just say okay if you push this button over here that's the way it goes down is you have the Aspinall Stipe and then Jones vacates and he comes back and finds winner yeah would you push the button so if you could do it if you could mm-hmm. UFC takes out you'd have John Jones vacate you'd have Aspinall and Stipe to get the shot at as just to keep things moving essentially I'll be honest with you guys I can't know because I kind of understand where the UFC standpoint is, like where they are in all this mm-hmm. um, again I'm not a fan of the situation that they created with Aspinall but I understand that even if you have two guys um, who have been as serviceable you know for better or worse both of them have been difficult maybe at times for the UFC um, if they want that like you just got to give it to them in a sense I mean we've seen it we've seen it happen so it's not like you can't say there's not like you know, a standard mm-hmm. that's been set by GSP, that. Michael Bisping, Michael ba- or Stefan Bonner, Anderson Silva. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, so we have seen him kind of give guys the send off that they uh, want. Henderson and Bisping. Yeah. So it's like, I, I get it. Um, and again, if I'm the UFC and, and had actual numbers, I'm sure those guys are probably going to do pretty well in the pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. What about you, John? I, I think that, you know, as, for me, it's tough. Cause you're thinking is John Jones, um, John Jones getting this last fight more important than the heavyweight divisions, you know, progress movement. Sure. That's the battle. But I do know that the UFC is as much as it's a fighting organization, it's an entertainment organization. Yeah. And that's what sells. That so, sounds to me like if you do like what you're saying is you think if Arsenal and Steve Bay fight, there's no shot that Jones Steve Bay happens. No. No, because then it, you don't have the same lore of um, you know, yeah, he did get beat, but it was Francis, and it was a long time. Like when you have two losses in a row and something current, like what, what if Steve maybe beats Aspinall? So that's what I was gonna say yeah. too. Like, I mean, well, I was gonna bring that point up of like, <clears throat> again, like so we think that there's a chance for this double retirement thing, but even if one side, even if it's just Steve Hay, right? Cause Dana is kind of saying they're going to try to convince Jones to stay around one more time. Um, they're going to try, mm. which probably just means they're going to throw a buttload of money at mm-hmm. him and say, dude, just do one more. If you have one more chance to make money off of Stipe Miocic's name, do you do it against Tom Aspinall or do you do it against John Jones? Like, I understand we'd rather see the Aspinall for the division, for mm-hmm. the sport in terms of making sense, mm-hmm. but you, it, what's going to make the most money? Like, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, so I think you have to consider that as well. And then, and then even for Jones on the same side is like, do you use his name one more time? I mean, if you did Tom Aspinall, Q1 of next year, it'd probably be bigger, but Manchester, yeah, it'd be maybe be big, but like you know, again, it's like I just think you have to think of that aspect of it as well. And then there's the problem of there is a chance of that Steve Hay retires. So, what after he beats Jones or fights Jones? I mean, um, what if he does beat Tom Aspinall? Then, then he just kills off your next big star boy mm. and then loses to John Jones or beats John Jones, whatever, and then retires. And then it's like, now you got a guy that just got killed off by what everybody deems as an old aging steep. And I'm telling you what, I don't care how much steam pay limps, how <laughs> old he looks. I would never count that dog out. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, you know, it, there is a lot of risk there as well for the UFC in terms of what if he does beat Tom Aspinall well, and I then think, just dips. Like, I think my only counter to that is, and we've seen it happen before, and it's kind of more of a wrestling term, but you, I feel like if you're the UFC also, obviously the Stipe fight could be huge. It also could be just as like the gone fight. It could be done in 12 seconds, and it's like, oh, our last shot at seeing John Jones was this. You also lose the chance, if, if John Jones does retire, to give Aspen all the rub 
of fighting John sure. Jones and kind of building his name up because you know he's young, you know yeah. he's going to be here for a while. I think, but I think you have a better chance of selling John Jones on one more fight than you do Stipe. You know what I mean? So again, I think that's why there's still benefit financially in terms of like building a star mm-hmm. and trying to get that fight with Miocic Jones over. Um, because if you're the UFC, you probably do see it as a winnable fight for John Jones. It's going to further his legend as a heavyweight and mm-hmm. um, his legitimacy as a heavyweight champion. Um, and then you try to give him one more. And the, like I said, they are probably going to throw stupid money his way mm-hmm. to try to get him to fight Tom Aspinall. Whatever happens, happens. But it's going to be massive at that point. Yeah. I, I really think it will be. Yeah, and there's also the, like, you know, even if it isn't Stipe, whoever yeah. Aspinall faces next, it could be gone and he could lose that fight and then yeah. you don't have the John Jones. So I think that there's not, there is a win-win in this if all that aligns like that. Yeah. But there's also a lot of lose-lose if, you know, things don't work out in between. But they put, like, like I said earlier, they put themselves in this position yeah. so they kind of have to cross their fingers and hope everything lines up. I think you push the button. That's all I'm saying. But do they even know what's lying? Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, I just don't feel like there was a plan. Yeah. I'm with you, though. I would I would push the button. I just don't think the UFC will do that. Right. No, I don't either. I, I think um, because there's been a lot of, like, when Kane got hurt, they took the belt from him because he yeah. was going to be out seven, eight months. Yeah. Um, it's just been a thing that they've done. But John Jones is John Jones, and some rules just don't apply, just like with Connor. Mm. I agree. Was there anything more to that? Nope, that Good cool. one. I like it. John, let's get into the news. Going on news. Mm. Going on the news. If you don't like it, Brandon will punch you and give you a bruise. If you're going to go out, make sure you go out with a bang. And with the future uncertain, Bellator might have had one of their biggest nights ever at Bellator 301. I love it. Uh, Two new champions, some huge performances. Undefeated welterweight champion, Yaroslav Amazov. I believe that's how you say it. Yeah, I think you're close. Amazov, one of the two. Uh, gets his first career loss after being TKO'd by J- uh, Jason Jackson in the third round. Yeah. Jackson's stuff, like 14 takedowns, kept on laying in uppercuts and punishing him. Ended up getting him out of there in TKO's. Jackson's beat uh, Amazov, uh, Douglas Lima, Paul Daly, yeah. Benson Henderson. He's got a really great resume. Um, the unification of the Bantamweight title took place as well, which concluded with interim champ and Grand Listen. Prix winner Patchy Mix submitting Sergio in the second round. Listen. I don't know what's going to happen with Bellator. Um, but if you're asking me, like, if I was the UFC or any any organization and I had one guy that I could take from Bellator, I think it's Patchy Mix. I, I genuinely believe uh, Patchy Mix is one of the best Bantamweights <laughs> in the world right mm-hmm. now. Like, bar none, hands down. Um, I, I just, he's so well-rounded. And I think there's a star there mm-hmm. that um, it just needs that platform, right? Um, because you could argue there's maybe bigger, better fighters. Like, you know, I, I think A.J. McKee is still a yeah, huge... Yeah, last year they would have been undeniably. Yeah, him. yeah. <clears throat> I definitely think A.J. McKee would be up there as well. Um, but in terms of somebody that I just feel has the total package, and I, I would send tomorrow, um, I would send Patchy Mix in there against Sean O'Malley, and I would probably bet on Patchy Mix. Yeah, uh, I mean, I just think he's really good. Uh, the the last part of my notes for it was literally just this performance on top of his Grand Prix performance against Rayfion Stotts, yeah. and uh, has a lot of people saying that he's one of the best. And oh, uh, did yeah. you see the the finish yeah. on Sergio? Yeah. Oh, that just looks so miserable. Horrible. Yeah. Um, also, the card had a grudge match between the uh, Raytheon Stotts and yeah. Danny Sabatello. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, AJ McKee defeating Sydney Outlaw and Alexander Shibley beating uh, Patricky Pitbull yeah. to advance to the Grand Prix Finals. He beat him 50-45. Isn't it crazy? We went to Bellator two years ago and they had Danny Stotts and uh, Sabatello in the ring trying mm-hmm. to do like they were building like this thing has lasted that long right <laughs> well and it's crazy because chicago like became their hub after yeah. that like all their big cars happened yeah. there um uh, i didn't know that alexander uh shibley was a training partner of armin sarukian oh okay. and he said that he's i didn't know that either with him winning the getting to the finals um obviously last week in the news we weren't sure about shibley who he'll be facing because mm-hmm. uzman and margamedov yeah. filing or failing the test but Bellator executive Mike Kogan recently hinted that Usman would be rematching Brent Primus. So we don't know exactly who Shibley will be facing in the finals. We don't know if they'll sure. even get a chance to do the finals um, because no one fully knows the future of Bellator as a promotion. Um, and it's all been but officially announced that PFL is buying them. There's rumors that they will try to run them as a promotion for a couple of years, but they could also dissolve the promotion. Uh, and my take is whoever gets these fighters is going to end up with a wealth of talent because you just yeah. see on this card new champions um, and then already on top of the talent they already yeah. had. Like, um, you know, we talked about months ago that the rumors of certain people coming to the UFC. And if yeah. you're Dana White watching that card and knowing that some of these guys could be available. Oh, dude, I'm t- dude patchy, man. I, again, I, I know that they got guys that watch and keep an eye on that. Dude, if I, if I was a UFC talent scout or somebody watching – I would have called Dana White at three o'clock in the morning. Like, dude, I can't sleep until we mm-hmm. figure out a way to get patchy mix on our dude, roster. And, like, <laughs> and even adding Jason Jackson to the welterweight division, that's kind of missing some of those middle yeah. tier. Like they're missing, they're losing stars kind yeah. of, he would be big for them. AJ McKee, like we've talked about it. Patchy so. mix, I believe is the boyfriend of Tantiana Suarez. So mm-hmm. if they yeah. ever reproduce one day, good Lord. Oh, <laughs> and he has like one of the better names. Patchy mix is a pretty sweet. Oh, I love it. Yeah. A uh, pretty sweet name. We got some fight announcements. Uh, Magomed Ankalaev and Johnny Walker will meet again, this time for five rounds as a main yeah, event January 13th. And Robin Delize will be facing Nazardin Yamavov to headline a fight okay. night in February. I don't hate that. I'm not mad at um, that. And he then Yamavov, he just had a fight that fell off. No, he was supposed to fight Ikram. Ikram. Fought, uh, and, Lopez, right? Or, no. He, no, he was uh, supposed to fight Ikram at 294 like and he got hurt. Oh, or, or Visa hurt. I don't know. I it it remember, fell off. Who did he fight last? Um, he lost to Sean Strickland. Sean Strickland, oh, yeah. Okay. Um, and I did want to bring this up too. One FC is doing a huge crossover fight with former bantamweight champion John Lineker facing four-time Muay Thai champion Liam Harrison in a Muay Thai fight in January in Bangkok. That's going to be fireworks. Nice. Um, I did want to hit you guys with this one. Some interesting things I've seen in the jiu-jitsu world. Nicky Rod recently in an interview says he thinks about fighting MMA every day stating that he actually had Jorge Masvidal offer him a pretty decent check to do bare-knuckle MMA, but it didn't go through, but he's open to anything in the future. But he says that he would want to take, if he did take an MMA fight, he wants to have at least six months to a year to work on his striking. But it seems like something he's really, really interested in. I mean, then start working on it now. Like, why are you going to wait to get a fight? Like, you're going to wait for somebody to say, like, hey, we'll give you a fight in six months? Like, I I feel like, like because, like, you know, obviously, um, Ty, I think Ty, or no, Kate is more on the MMA train. Um, but he's kind of said the same thing, although I think he's actually already working on striking, mm-hmm, yeah. which leads me to believe that he actually wants to fight mixed martial arts, right? You know, so that's always my thing with these jiu-jitsu guys. I think a lot of them would be great. I think Nicky Rod would be a great yeah, mixed I mean, martial if Andre artist. Galvao can do it. Sure. Um, but it's like, you know, to say, like, dude, if they just gave me six months, it's like, well, nothing's stopping you from starting Well, out. in the interview, too, it kind of sounded like I'd have to go back and get the quote, but it almost sounded like, you know, if I could get in there and get against, like, a, a paint can, essentially, and it'd get me hyped to sure. want to train it, then maybe I'd do yeah, it. Yeah, they'll find 
somebody. But it does. It is interesting to see, um, you know, just some more people because obviously we talked about Gordon and it kind of seems like that's kind of fallen off a little bit. So yeah. I honestly don't think, to be honest, this might be a fact. Don't care. I don't think I don't think Gordon would be great at mixed martial arts. To be honest, I think Nikki would, but Nikki's got that wrestling, which is the X factor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Gordon's not the most athletic guy. I kind of feel the opposite. Really? I've seen Gordon do some like wall work, like cage work, like taking guys down. It's- It'd be really interesting to see. I don't know. I don't know if much guys could shut that down. Is the first step to maybe see these guys do the combat jujitsu and just see how they can even do some of that? That's interesting. I wonder why, like, more them two against guys, each other. Like, why doesn't Gordon do combat jujitsu? Them two know. against each other in combat jujitsu. Sign me up. That'd be a better with, idea. With Gordon, a lot of it's format. Like, there's a reason Gordon predominantly does no time limit, really long time limits, because he prefers, sure. like, yeah. styles. Most guys just can't explosive. keep that pace either. Yeah, yeah. and he, he's just not the most explosive guy, so, yeah. like, if you crank that down to five, three five-minute rounds, that's where it'd be really interesting to see how he does. Well, in terms of combat jiu-jitsu, if it's a, you know, like a format <laughs> thing, as well as the part of that format, you just don't want to get hit, because then that oh, that's, the thing. that's the aspect, <laughs> then it's not probably, mixed martial arts probably isn't for you. Yeah. Well, guy. especially somebody who's attacking legs, like, you know, we talked yeah. about, you leave yourself open to slaps sure. and stuff during that. Um, in some boxing news causing a ton of outrage from boxing fans and media like Francis Ngannou has now been officially ranked as the number 10 heavyweight in the WBC, yeah. the World Boxing Council rankings. It is said that uh, they said that obviously after a split decision, there was some rumor that he would be put into it. But now it's officially uh, he's officially in the ranking. Some people are calling it the end of boxing. I just call it some guys are really good at fighting like you, <laughs> it's, this is an anomaly, but I don't know. People are just overreacting about it i would call it people actually care about heavyweight boxing how about right you're welcome you got people talking (laughs) about it uh well and this is where it gets talked about even more and lastly after putting on a huge show with the fury and ganu fight uh riyadh saudi arabia is back at it with boxing fans ultimately earning an early christmas gift december 23rd an event they're calling day of reckoning will feature some of the biggest names in boxing with deontay wilder anthony joshua uh, but not fighting each other. So no, here's what irritates me so much about this: is you call it this day of reckoning, like it's a stacked boxing card. You're right. gonna get to it. Sorry, I'm just really irritated by this. <laughs> then they do this press conference, right? And it's Deontay Wilder and Anthony Joshua. Like, I hope we do it one day. Let's do it. Why didn't we just do it? <laughs> right. Like what? <laughs> this is the biggest boxing card, or supposedly stacked of all time. Like, why mm. didn't we just do it then? Because who's Anthony Joshua facing? Ottoman? Yeah, okay. okay. I, I, you answer, you answer, <laughs> your no, answer tells no, me everything. No, I for sure. The, the reason I didn't put up their matchups right. because Deontay Wilder is fighting Joseph Parker, who is a little bit of a name. Sure, I've heard that name. But it's not one of these things where it's just like you would have rather have heard me say Deontay Wilder yeah. fighting Anthony Joshua, so and so fighting. It just didn't work. It just didn't line up That's like that. That's boxing. Welcome to yeah. boxing. Um, but to add on to it, Dimitri Bivol, who's the guy who defeated Canelo, he's on the card. Daniel Dubois, and then Frank Sanchez. I know you'd seen yeah. him fight on some of the undercards. Um, and then to top off that announcement, they announced that they will be hosting Tyson Fury and Alexander Usyk in February. Yeah, great. Like I said, great matchups. But it's like, I feel like a couple of these guys could have just fought each other. And yeah. It would have been even bigger and better. I think what this is also saying is um, the entertainment world just, I and mean, we've been saying it, but Saudi Arabia is just starting yeah. to, they're going to end up becoming Vegas. They're going to be the hub of everything. I mean, mm-hmm. again, I know I <clears throat> draw a lot of things back to soccer, but. They've started this whole Saudi Arabia Saudi Arabia soccer league where you know they're signing all the biggest players in the world right now. Um, and the biggest, like the Super Bowl of soccer, right in Europe, is called the Champions League. It's a tournament. Mm-hmm. It runs in uh, correlation with the season, um, and it's the biggest. Like every team in Europe wants to win Champions League. Like you know, it's it's always the biggest, the best team in the world. Like Manchester mm-hmm. City, Barcelona, Real Madrid. These teams win Champions League, um, and then. Um, 
because Saudi Arabia uh, is in Asia, they complete in the Asian Champions League, and it's like <laughs> nobody cares, right? right? Because it's just such a small like. Well, now they're actually considering starting to bring some of these teams into Champions League because they're so massive, they're right. getting so big, they're making so much money, mm-hmm. they're selling jerseys. Um, so yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, yeah. You're just, it's <laughs> going to be interesting to see how this affects like because with boxing doing this. Um, which them, with them having so many different promotions and belts, they have a lot more wiggle room than like a UFC. Yeah. But with the UFC, like we talked about before, strengthening their their relationship, PFL having a sure. relationship there. I don't know how many of these we might have a lot more one o'clock Saturday fights. Is all I'm getting at. Yeah, for sure. Is that it? Yep. Uh, Brandon, song of the week. Uh, let's go with TNT by ACDC. Nice. I don't <laughs> mind that at all. What's your one for the people? Uh, mine is actually. So I listen to this radio show every morning, ninety-eight point five, Free Beer and Hot Wings show. It's really good. And they did this uh, question. They were asking them this question at the end of the, their segments, and um, I just thought it was funny, so I wanted to ask you guys. Okay. So they they have five people on their show. We've only got three, so we don't have as many Fair people. Enough. But it's still a fun question. <clears throat> so you each have to answer the question, but you can only pick one person here on the pod. To, to take with you in okay. the middle of a, like an apocalypse. So you can either pick like zombie apocalypse or just kind of end of the world apocalypse, but you can only take one of us. The other one, you just have to leave in the dust. Who are you taking? Oh, I'm first. No, yeah, whoever wants to go first. I feel like I'm the best answer here. I literally have a safe full of guns right there. Mm. I'm not answering, so you each an have ammo, to answer. An oh, so you're... you're yeah, so John, you have to pick me or Nate. Oh, Nate, I'm taking Nate because you won't even answer. You're a coward. <laughs> can I... <laughs> also, I have like a lifetime of like... <laughs> Memories with this guy, we have we can non-verbally communicate in, in an apocalypse. Yeah, you need that. That's okay. Can I just go by myself? I feel like you two would just <laughs> slow me down. Like I feel like so much better if I could just go by myself. No, because you're gonna die. Who's gonna watch you over you try to poop outside? Oh, dude, like I just you're I, dying. I, for I I just have no faith that we would last long. I feel like I probably end up just killing one of you guys eventually. Like this is I've had enough of this. <laughs> yeah, I feel like you two would just bicker with him like the entire time. You'd no, be arguing about what no, to do, no. and then Nate's gonna be tripping over curbs. No, we we've talked we talked yeah. about this. Was it last week or the week before? We had a really wild childhood. Like yeah. growing up, we did some really dumb things. Some things are just like, well, why'd you do that? And we survived. So yeah, a lot mm. of near misses. <laughs> would you rather take one of us or Bryce? Bryce, hundred <laughs> percent. I don't know about that. I think you might really end up dead. Uh, maybe <laughs> you you would like wake up and you just have like your insides would just be split open. You just be eating. Bryce is kind of a br- double. Bryce is Brandon's twin brother. Yeah, it's way. kind of that double edged sword though, where you kind of want somebody that might go to that dark place to be oh, on your I give team. You, that, yeah. you know what I mean? So yeah, you that is a good point. You might wake up and like Bryce is like a zombie body, just like on like a rotisserie. Like <laughs> you hungry? You hungry, Brandon? <laughs> Bryce, where'd you get that? Don't worry about it. Yeah. Just eat it. I found it. <laughs> we don't even have a weapon. I have two hands. I caught two coyotes <laughs> in a saw trap. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What is it? Tony Ferguson? It was like, I was out there running with the wolves. Yeah. That's Bryce. Here's, <laughs> they have played. Here's how we can make the question fun for you. Who from the UFC would you bring? Oh, geez. There you go. That's Man, I, I feel like I'm too invested. Like, the active member of the UFC, like yeah. fighter. I feel like that's kind of easy, too. Mm. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. know. I feel like it's Bryce Mitchell. Yeah, I mean, he'd probably be low-hanging fruit, right? Yeah, that dude knows real. how to survive. Definitely yeah. a survivalist. He's living in a trailer. Like, Chad Mendez was sticking out with me because I know he's like a big hunter and stuff. Ooh, yeah, if you yeah. could go non-UFC, Tim Kennedy for sure. Oh, yeah, definitely. That dude. Good point. He's definitely. the closest thing to Captain America there is. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, I agree. What so, you got? What you want? Uh, my one for the people is, obviously, this is Sunday. Tomorrow you guys are hearing this. But on Sunday, this day in 2004, Malice at the Palace happened. <laughs> Do you remember watching that live? Yeah, that one was of, funny. We were we watched it. weren't Well, 
We saw, was it at the mall? Where were we when it happened? It, I think we were at the mall. And they had like TVs and like Foot Locker. Foot Locker. Locker. Yeah. They were like playing it. Everybody was like standing outside of Foot Locker just watching it over and over and over. One what of a, the what wildest a, things I think I've ever seen. Yeah, Jermaine O'Neal. The slide punch. And then, what do you think, Eric? Like, they just did this. The 30 the for 30. The 30 for it. But like <laughs> that guy that threw the towel, or was it a towel or water bottle? A cup at Ron Artest. Like I wonder what that guy's life is like Well, today. Ron Artest went after the wrong guy. I know. And that's what makes it I even know. crazier. Like, And then as a Pacer fan, it was the worst because that team was really good. Who landed the buzz? Jermaine O'Neal probably best punch oh, out. Dude. Literally just like slid like a bowl. Like he threw a bowling ball just oh, dude, if that And if that wide. dude was any smaller, maybe he's in jail right now for yeah. attempted murder. The yeah. only other thing I have to add, actually something I'm really hype about on the history side of things. Um, Denzel Washington is signing on to play uh, General Hannibal, who was a general in the Carthage army who like pushed the Roman Empire like to the brink. Like, hmm. He got he got within like sniffing distance of getting close to them, and he was just like some like um, this is a movie. Yeah, it's going to be a movie. But I'd watched a documentary on I'd just like different generals as they like tried the Roman Empire until the Roman Empire eventually fell. But he got really really close. Huh. Yeah, I'd love to see that. I'm that's up my alley. Uh, just a little. Uh, thing. I also want to go see Napoleon, regardless of what Brandon. Is. Oh, <laughs> dude, you should have seen. I brought it up to him last week, I oh, think, and I was like, I was like, dude, it. we got to do like a bro date and go see it. He's like, I'm gonna see it, but I'm not gonna like it. And yeah. Like, what? He's like, okay, you got accents. Joaquin Phoenix is not French. Yeah, <laughs> dude, you, I'm not even. You're gonna get me going. But like, but one thing to add about this Hannibal dude, definitely look into him because I, I remember I think I told you about it. There's like there was a documentary on Hulu called like Rise of the Barbarians or something, but this dude he was the Carth. He was at the Carthage uh, general, but his um, troops included 38 elephants. <laughs> he was just marching on people. Oh, I think I've heard of that. Yeah, dude. It's, yeah, I do think I've heard of that. Definitely worth it. Uh, so I, my first one for the people, I hit a squirrel this morning, and that was mm. tough. That's never fun. What a bully. Uh, yeah, way to bring the mood down. Man. Well, here's the thing. Like, <laughs> So here's the thing. Like, I hit it. You had and a I, family. Well, I, we're on our way to church, and I hit it, and like I'm just like, oh, it sucks. And then Ash is like crying, like, I just don't like that. He's still on the tire. Yeah. <laughs> no, it killed him instantly. Like, that's the one thing. good thing about driving the truck. He's like, you know, sometimes you'll hit him, and you'll look back, and they're like spinning around. Like, he was oh, just dude, remember stiff. Remember that cat we seen? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Ooh. I've seen some bad ones. But, like, he was just stiff. As soon as I looked in my rear view mirror. But what, like, played in my head, like, 15 minutes later, we were at church, and it, like, popped in my head. It's like, he had a giant nut in his mouth. So what if it was a mom taking it back to the nest of babies, and they're just going to die now? What are you doing, man? Yeah. <laughs> they were about to die. All they needed was this food. And that's why I can't sleep at night, because <laughs> my brain does that. You know what it might have been? I, I've seen squirrels. that squirrels, actually, a lot of them, what they'll do is they'll drop nuts in the middle of the road for cars to hit, so they break them open, and then they'll go back and try to get them. Could have so, been. It was so a dangerous big, game. It was, like, yeah. a big, big nut, yeah. too. They do that. Um, also, if you guys remember last week, I was supposed to do a riddle. Mm. So are you ready? Oh, oh yeah. Okay. So here it is. A Japanese ship was sailing the Pacific Ocean. Does this ring a bell to any of you guys? Mm -mm. Never heard this. Okay. A Japanese ship was sailing the Pacific Ocean. A ja the Japanese captain of the ship decided to take a shower. He kept his diamond chain and golden watch on the table and uh, on his table and shelf and went for a shower and returned in 10 minutes. Now, when he returned, he was shocked to see that neither his watch nor his chain was there. Assuming that this is the mischief of one of his crew members, he called his crew... Um, he called to the crew of the ship uh, to question them uh, about what they were doing in the last 10 minutes. Uh, there were four of them, and the following is their responses. The cook said, I was in the cold room to select the meat for the lunch. The worker said, I was at the top of the shift correcting the flag, which was upside down. 
the engineer said, I was in the generator room checking the generator, and the housekeeper said, I was sleeping after the night shift. After listening to all of them, the captain realized that one of them was telling a lie and must be the thief. Can you guess who the thief was and why? God, that was so long. Do you want me? I, th- I feel like I have it. I feel pretty good. I feel like John has heard this because John's a no. social media guy, so it's probably he's probably seen the. So TikTok. the housekeeper stands out to me because they're on a it's a ship. Why is there a housekeeper on? A well, ship? like you know, like you know, keeping track, like keep stuff clean. Stuff like that. So I'll read it again. The worker or the cook was in the cold room to select the meat for the lunch. The worker was at the top of the shift correcting the flag, which was upside down. The engineer was in the generator room checking the generator. And the housekeeper was sleeping after the night shift. I haven't heard this, but I have I have an answer. I'll give you a chance to. I'm surprisingly bad at riddles. Oh. My answer is the worker who's doing the flag. John's the f- heard this. No, I swear I haven't. John, John's heard. <laughs> no, I haven't. Yes, he has. I've never heard this before. I've, I've had a fear. I literally had a fear that John had seen the TikTok of this. No, and you you know when I'm lying. I'm lying. I don't know. But, uh, yeah. I haven't. You know every time. Hang on, hang on. Let me think through. Okay, so you said the worker. Because the flag's going to look the same no, no matter what because it's just a circle in the middle of a flag. That's what it is. The Japanese uh, flag is a circle. When, when you were reading it off, I visualized what the flag looked John like, and I was like, it. oh, no, I didn't. I've never heard it before. John freaking ruined it. I just can't get credit from this guy. Sorry <laughs> sorry if you listen to it's that. So it was so crazy. It was ruined so fast. Uh, I knew because I knew I'm just probably good. seen it. I've, I saw it. It's, it's kind of going viral, so I figured he I'd had never uh, seen it before. I figured hmm. he had probably seen it. I, I was worried about that when I wrote I'm it. Just out. good. But I thought it was a good one because yeah. I didn't. I didn't. When I was like actually listening to it i'm like man i just don't none of those really sound weird and then they said the flag and i was like oh well i was originally sticking to you saying pacific ocean so i was like well maybe you're going to say something about the direction they're going and what they're heading toward but no fair enough all righty that's all we got john ruined it sorry everybody (laughs) good thing is the sun like the sun is so bright right now you can't even see john's face you're welcome that's pretty awesome it looks weird Uh, come back next week. Oh, Thanksgiving's this week. Mm-hmm. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody. Jeez, how do we forget that? Should have led with that. Mm. Um, There's no fights this weekend. No fights this weekend. Thank you for saying that, John. But a huge card after. Yeah. Uh, so we'll be is back. it Austin? But, yeah. Whew, cannot wait. Yeah. What a stack. About seven cards. Yeah, we, seven might fights. To, we might need to do a live one for that. That mm-hmm. might need to be. We'll see. We might okay. do a live show. If not, stay I mean, tuned. If not, but we're probably Black Friday pick episode. For, that'd be kind yeah, of dope. But we're definitely going to pick for the full main card. Uh, before we go, one more thing. One thing that you're ready to eat. I feel like we did this. Did we do this last week? No. One no. dish. Yeah, last most Thanksgiving, exciting. probably. Okay. One one dish. Let's do this. This is getting drug out. Sorry. I just Sorry. had an idea. Hey, listen, we went 50 minutes last okay. week. So. Yeah, that's fair enough. You got a paper plate. Imagine the paper plate in your head, right? Do five triangles, right? Mm-hmm. What's like build your perfect five plate. And you cannot stack things. Mm. So I don't want to hear no mashed potatoes with chicken noodles or nothing on top. Mm. What's your perfect Thanksgiving plate? Five things. I'm going turkey and oh, ham. I'm just not a turkey I, guy. I like, dark, I like the dark meat turkey like around the leg. Yeah, see, I'm just not a turkey I'll guy. go turkey, ham. That's two. I'll go mac and cheese. I'll go stuffing. I love stuffing. And I will go mashed potatoes. So I do turkey, but I only like turkey when it's done like weird. Like I prefer it to be like fried or smoked sure. or something like that. Um, if it's just been put in an oven and it's just nothing to it, then I'm not doing it. But other than that, I'll say turkey, mashed potatoes, corn, roll. And then I got one more. Mm-hmm. Mm. And we had some really good uh, sweet potato. Uh, yeah. Uh, that was tough to leave off. What's on that, that called? Like the, With the marshmallow on top? Yeah. 
so my sister calls it she makes like candy yams yeah yeah yams yams yeah. like that yeah i'll go with yams a little yeah that's definitely on my plate so here you want to know my thing i think the most overrated aspect of thanksgiving is the meat i'm all sides mm. like now i will throw this on my plate because i do like chicken and noodles and beef and noodles mm. like that's like my one like that's kind of my main but i am not a big like i just want the sides mm. like that's what yeah. i'm here for <laughs> uh so i will go chicken noodles well, let's go beef and noodles. That sounds a little better mm. today. Let's go beef and noodles, mashed potatoes, mac and cheese, candy yams. Oh, let's go. Man, I, I am a sucker for a good roll. I'm a sucker for a good mm. deviled egg, too. Mm. I love some deviled eggs. You leaving stuffing off? Let's go stuffing. I, dude, it's just so tough. So, like, my grandma made the best stuffing. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, it was almost like bread. I yeah. mean, just so, so good. She put celery and, oh, just so good. And nobody learned how to make it. Mm. So when she died, it died with her. And mm. it's just like never, it's just tough for me to eat much stuffing after that. Yeah. So not not because like I can't, it's yeah. just like it was so good that most people's stuffing just isn't that mm-hmm. good to me. For me, stuffing is a must for the turkey. I kind of combine them. You yeah. said you can't stack, man. I'm always stacking corn with mashed potatoes. Yeah, that's yeah. what so I like, do. Yeah. Like you would always, that's why I said no stack. Because like, you know, obviously I would do like mashed potatoes and beef and or chicken. Yeah. Usually my mom does make beef and noodles. And I'm a, I mm. love beef and noodles, man. You know what? I might I might be willing to take off one of the meats to throw candy yams because when it touches the mac and cheese, oh, that's the best. Ooh. Okay, one more question: If you could only do one dessert, okay, this is easy because we just me and Ash just had this. So at my dad's every year, shout out to my dad, John. Mm-hmm. I do. I, I talk to him. I actually i I didn't even say this. I've had dinner with my dad probably three times in the past two months, John. Nice. You've been off of work a lot, so, so I haven't I'm even had, you, and I haven't even had that. to tell anybody. You just <laughs> so. told me, so you're welcome. <laughs> uh, so every year at my dad's, we just do dessert because it's the, we always go at night and everybody's already ate all day and stuff. So we just do desserts. So my favorite is the chocolate pie with the marshmallow fluff on top. It's the like, meringue. Oh, I don't think it's a meringue. I think it's just called a chocolate pie. Well, I think the, the marshmallow part is with Maybe. meringue. Yeah. I don't really know what it's called, but like the one with like chocolate pudding yeah. <laughs> inside with the, mar- whatever that is, I, we just call it a chocolate pie Yeah, and oh, the best. Yeah, that's mine too. I, I told Jacob about it last week. I oh, will really? say my what, what was Jacob's? Jacob, I think he said pumpkin. Oh, I love a good pumpkin with whipped cream. On o- originally, oh. he, I think he originally said sweet potatoes. Like, wait, well, no, no, I do like sweet potato, but not as much as pumpkin. Oh yeah. My honorable mention is um, my stepdad makes this stuff. It's called like pink fluff, and it's like marshmallow with fruit and like some nuts in it. And you mix it up, kind of like a fruit salad type of thing. See, I like stuff thick. like that, and then people put like pretzels in it. Yeah. Oh. Man, I'm a sucker it's for a that. Dog. I'm a sucker for that. What's yours? I'm a weirdo. I like lemon pie, man. Like lemon, oh, lemon of pie. Course yeah, you do. Of course. Of course. I like a good old water pie. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it just <laughs> <laughs> he reacts like we do all oh, water pie. Dude, the crust gets so soggy. Like, oh man. <laughs> it's lemon. That's like so out there. How is that weird? Oh, dude. Oh, you would think like the least, yeah. See, like my grandpa, like my mom texts, and she's like, "Somebody grab a sugar pie for Papa." I don't like those. I just don't mm-hmm. like it. No. I don't like pecan pie either. Oh, I nope. love pecan pie. Like pecan. See, I can do it. it. Just wouldn't be in like my top. Not yeah. like the chocolate. That chocolate pie is like. Yeah, no. Mm-hmm. I have to. I have to get to Moore's early because last year they almost didn't have them when I was trying to get one for my mom. So. Yeah, <laughs> you know what's funny is <clears throat> we just extended this like another six minutes. This is literally like the conversations we have after the episode. <laughs> yeah, anyway, so. you're welcome. If you stuck around, thank you. You guys are great. <laughs> oh, all right, come back next week. Uh, we will, I guess, be picking for UFC Austin in some form or fashion. I guess it will have to be a regular episode um, because. Uh, We'll yeah, need an episode yeah, for Monday. <laughs> being, being live, you won't really see. Yeah, but I do believe 296, we're still on for a live episode, hopefully. So, so come back. We'll see you then. Peace. Peace.